Hello. Uh, welcome back to another special episode of TBD with John and Aaron. I am Aaron, joined as ever by um, my co-pilot in podcast life, John. That's me. I'm the co-pilot. So yeah, if the pilot's it, incapacitated, I will take over the flying. Um, I think we're yeah. both co I chose co-pilots very specifically. I don't know enough about planes. So again, I'm probably <laughs> once again misusing this and maybe co-pilot seems like a lesser rank than pilot, but I feel like we're just both pilots and you're co-piloting. Right. Here I am, Flight Lieutenant John McDonald, uh, here on the podcast. There he the, is. Uh, the, the 747 that is Head of the cabin TV. crew. He brings me my coffee when I get tired. I'm the head steward. Uh, it's really great. It's great wearing all the PPE at the moment. I'm just bowling around. It's perfect. Ooh. We're back with a special one of our, our other special episodes. We've we've chosen to pepper uh, our regular longer podcasts with some shorter ones where we look at some of the either foundational tools or foundational premises and ideas that we are kind of engage with normally throughout the podcast. Um, so today's question, um, one that once again can in no way be answered in uh, the amount of time we're going to give it, but we're going to take a good crack at it. Nonetheless, is the question of what is knowledge? Yeah, that's right. Uh, what is knowledge? It's a huge question. And some might say that this podcast is always trying to answer that in some way or another. Um, it's probably the thing that we keep coming back to the most, uh, whether we're conscious or unconscious of that. We are always answering this question. Um, and it is one of the questions that, uh, you know, that, that philosophers are asking. And it's a big kind of core foundational um, pillar of philosophy, epistemology. Uh, always difficult to say that word. And uh, we might look at it in a few ways, but I suppose the bedrock would be what constitutes knowledge. So uh, for us, we are constantly thinking about well, what is good or good knowledge or bad knowledge, what's good information or bad information. If someone gives you directions, you will be thinking about whether they're good directions or bad directions. Uh, if someone's recommending a product to you, you're going to examine uh, that information that's been given to you about that product. Um, so this is applicable to our everyday life and we, we are constantly making these evaluative judgments about knowledge. Um, so with that yeah. being said, we can actually divide knowledge into two camps right yeah a lot of what you were talking about is maybe what was referred to as propositional knowledge so things that can seem to be like they're facts that we can take in there are things that can be true there are things that can be false um and that's maybe a lot of the if you look, maybe going to school that could be a lot of the knowledge that you take in is like the, the knowledge of mathematics how addition works how to decode shapes into reading um and things like that other scientific uh, facts along the way. And this is maybe in, in contrast to what might be referred to as ability knowledge. So, you know, some of these, again, you, you still learn some of these in school as well, but things like riding a bike, um, throwing a ball, um, I mean, uh, <laughs> sport, other sports. <laughs> That's right. Sport, things like cooking, like mm -hmm. you know, your, your ability to do certain things is, is also obviously uh, knowledge. That's right. Like if we take basketball as a as a sport, we might say, well, some of the propositional knowledge in there is that the ball is round and uh, you play on a rectangular. Uh, actually, <laughs> I think you'll find the ball is a sphere. 
<laughs> oh, there you go. It isn't. It's not just a disc. I thought basketball was played with a frisbee, also known as a Pluto platter. I just learned that recently. What? A Pluto platter. That's, that's what a frisbee is. Well, that's what they originally were called. Uh, yeah. So anyway, there's some propositional really knowledge. Marketing going on there, yeah. yeah. Well, there's going to be TBD brand. Um, Pluto platters. Pluto platters uh, coming out soon. But Jokes aside, we might look at something like basketball, the game. Propositional knowledge could be that uh, there's five players on each side uh, within the game. Uh, it could be the dimensions of the court, the height of the basket. But then ability knowledge would be, okay, well, how do you dribble the ball? Uh, working together as a team to to um, run a set play. Um, how does Where should the referee be? And Well, that's probably somewhat propositional, but... How does the? I shouldn't talk about basketball because it's not really my sport. But I'm really enjoying it actually. I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> so far, it's, it's standing up well. Oh, thank so. you. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely definitely not my go-to. But that being said, even saying as simple as that, we can divide the knowledge of that into sort of two two realms. Um, so thinking about knowledge theoretically, this is something that's um, challenged philosophers throughout history uh, and various sort of paths to defining what knowledge is uh you know have been reached over time and and one of the what we might call the classical definition of knowledge and again we're not going to go into all the details here but that knowledge requires uh three things it requires truth it requires belief and it must be justified so uh if we think about that true justified belief as the definition of knowledge we might even look at some examples so uh say you were up for a crime say you've done some robbery Aaron maybe you've done a break in break and enter um and or maybe you hadn't who knows but if we were trying to prove if we were trying to know whether you broken and entered into that jewelry store and stole that lovely necklace that you're wearing today um we would need to know if it was true of course we would need to believe that you'd done it, but we'd need to also justify it. So we couldn't really just have one. We couldn't really just have two. We need all three. And this is the classical account of what knowledge might be. So let's de- can, we, can we take a minute then and maybe just make sure that we understand the difference between those three things then? Like for truth, it seems to make sense. Like you're suggesting that there is like an objective reality and in that objective reality i stole this necklace yes the jury's trying to prove that you stole this necklace anyway yeah yeah, yeah. so that, so they're looking to try and find this truth yes. i guess the belief part is that like you're trying to show present that truth in a way that is believable so the truth is is objective. I either stole the necklace or I didn't, but it's only going to sort of matter. And it's only going to kind of come into existence if people start to believe that it's true. Correct. So, That's exactly right. So in, in theory, this is probably going to, in, in the name of a good, healthy uh, podcast blaspheme, um, you know, the whole world could be run by a, a network of uh, invis- <laughs> invisible gnomes. Okay, we're go with the, yeah, why not? Obviously, yeah. I mean, one of the yeah. more one of the more common uh, religious beliefs out there. Um, <laughs> what, whether it's, whether people believe it or not, it could it, it would take hypothetically that it's true, um, but no one knows this. Like no one's aware of this at all. But now that I've sort of put it out into the world, 
Uh, I might get a couple people to believe in it. And so now this starts to become a piece of knowledge that, that exists in the world to some extent. That's exactly so I, right. So, so I've got us through truth and belief in a really gross, haphazard sort of way. Um, <laughs> yeah, but as you can see, like they're not, they're not, um, like as you, yeah, as you can see, there can be a truth and a belief and they can be totally separate, right? Because, you know, we, we see this more and more today without getting too much into it that people might hold various truths at the same time, you know, um, that certain members of a family might believe believe something to be a truth but they can't all be right of course objectively so but they would all possess that and maybe even call that knowledge you know so say mm. um, i mean politics always jumps to mind but it could be even just uh ethical judgments uh, you know knowledge of of say abortion is always a, a controversial topic someone might claim to have a true belief about whether abortion is right or wrong and someone else could also have a true belief about uh, whether abortion is right or wrong. In this case, they, they both possess knowledge and both of them would then need to try and justify it. And that's where that third aspect comes in. Because, of course, uh, in this classical definition of knowledge, um, for you to possess it, it can't just be, it can't just exist. It can't just be claimed arbitrarily. It needs to be justified. And that's probably something we're more used to uh, which is that if someone makes a claim, if someone says that something is true, aka uh, the the Earth is part of a larger solar system, well, we would say, okay, what is your justification for that? And, of course, a scientist or astronomer or whatever would offer evidence for that claim or to say yeah. that that is knowledge. Yeah, and that justification, I think, is what a lot of what we spend most of our episodes looking at is, like, what is the what are the smaller pieces of knowledge or reasons that support the justification of these true justified beliefs? That's yeah. correct. That's right. So, so let me ask you this then. Can, can, can two, can, can both perspectives of, we'll use the abortion example again. Can they both be true justified beliefs? Yeah, well, I suppose in this case we're getting into sort of meta-ethics and like we're getting into ethical judgments and probably muddying the waters a little bit uh, at mm. the basic level of what is knowledge. So maybe a better example would be something like um, to go back to the case of Aaron. He's on, on trial for stealing the necklace. Now, we might have our juror, an individual jurist might, and say you did do it, we might have an individual jurist that comes to the conclusion that, yep, Aaron stole the necklace because Canadians, they're just always stealing necklaces. This is true. So it's a real problem. True in that you did steal it. And then for the purposes of our case here, you have stolen it. You broke into the jewelry store at night. You saw a delightful little diamond necklace and you thought, hmm, I'd love to wrap that around my neck and wear it out mm -hmm. on the town. Mm -hmm. So, and... So it's, it's true. It happened. He does believe it, this jurist, but what's missing is that it's not justified, right? Because his mm. justification is that, well, Canadians love necklaces, which is an insane thing to hold as a justification. Another juror might think that you've done it. So has belief. Uh, and of course it is true because we've established that it is true. And they have looked at the evidence and they see that there's CCTV footage of you sneaking in with a, little black bandana over your eyes looking like a sort of pseudo hamburger. I thought it would help. 
Apparently, covering the bridge of your nose and uh, <laughs> the lower part of your eyebrows doesn't really help with uh, recognition. No, not at all. You saw, and the camera shows you lift the diamond necklace out, put it on your neck, uh, and then sneak out. And of course, you hadn't paid for it. Uh, it was outside of business hours, of course, and uh, you'd, you'd smashed through the window on your way to get there. So that, in that case, is justified. So. That's a very quick example of how we might delineate one type of knowledge from another because both people there are right and that it's true. However, we would say that the juror who used uh, a prejudiced path to reach the knowledge uh, was didn't actually hold knowledge. They had what they thought was knowledge, but they didn't have it. Now, of course, what we're talking about here is this is just the classical definition of knowledge. It isn't some uh, be all end all, but it was the basis of of um, epistemic questions for thousands of years was was these three things. Yeah, I think that that's, that's worth just kind of maybe briefly touching on. We, we've talked about this in a, in a previous mini episode about epistemology being a form of philosophy, where you know you might have to wonder, well, what if every single person on that um, jury believes that I did it? Um, and the whole world's convinced that I did it, but I did not, in fact, do it. But that's the knowledge that gets written into the books and gets written into you know my mm-hmm. life stories. But that like is that in fact knowledge? And that, that's a bit of a different philosophical question about what constitutes knowledge than sort of this general classical definition of like how we come to arrive at this thing we call knowledge. That's right, and it's certainly relevant here. And and look, we won't get into it, but uh, as you know, epistemic analysis evolved. There were certain sort of points in which that our question of what is knowledge was was challenged by things, uh, things that we might look at in the future is this, the Guinea cases. This is a really famous moment in epistemology. Um, and then further on, we might look at something like radical skepticism. And I think these will probably be their own, their own uh, episodes in the future. But just to conclude, really, what is knowledge? Well, it's us trying to really sit outside the things that we take for granted, the things that we define as true or false, or we think of as a set of abilities like riding a bike, the ability to do that. And then we ask ourselves, well, what actually is that? You know, how do we define those things? And, and what are the implications of, of our ability to define and not define those things? Yeah, that was a complex wrap up, but I think you, you've, you've, you've done it there. Yeah. I really shook the pan. We'll have to call back to an episode people probably uh, may or may not remember, depending on how we, how we put these things out. Um, <laughs> If we have a single fan who can tell me why I shook the pan, then I will buy them a flan. So rhyming, you get the rhyming for free. Yeah, that's and a, that's also a, a podcast. Yeah, but the 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 flan, or as the Canadians would call it, a flan. Oh, um, <laughs> I think I don't know. It's one of those things I've read and never probably ever said, let alone ordered, let alone can describe what it is. Yeah, I I could do nothing other than know it exists. Really, like I have no knowledge of what it makes makes it. I don't even know. Is it a dessert? Is it a entree? Well, so I guess that's it. That's another mini uh, episode in the can for TBD with John and Aaron. Hope you enjoy these little things. If there's a little mini topic or a term you've heard in philosophy. Um, or a concept you've heard us use in the podcast that you're just wondering, is this just a weird John and Aaronism, or is it actually a real term? Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss it either way. We'll make a whole episode about a John and Aaronism. Absolutely. Or we will uh, help you 
decode some of the, maybe the language that we might be using as jargon uh, that we're maybe we're not aware of is complicating things for our listeners. Thanks for listening. Ta-ta.